When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Back to the right wing point for Bouchard. Along the boards to Trisaddle. Brings it up to the blue line to Bouchard. His one timer. Scores! What a shot by Evan Bouchard! And the Oilers have a 3 2 lead. Now the Bouch bomb for the win tonight. The game winner a minute 25 into the third period off the stick of Evan Bouchard. The Oilers take down the Los Angeles Kings 4-2. So the Oilers end their three-game winless slide and they're back in front of the Kings in the Pacific Division standings. Two points ahead of them with a game in hand in third and now the Oilers just one point behind Vegas for second place. Good game tonight. 1-1 after 1-2-2 2-2 after 2. Bouchard and Nugent Hopkins score in the third period to make the difference for the Oilers. Very good performance by Stuart Skinner, especially when the Oilers were shorthanded for three minutes and 36 seconds straight in the second period. He stops 38 out of 40. David Riddick, who shut out the Oilers earlier this season, takes the loss in the Kings net. Thanks a lot for joining us. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We're live in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Quite a night for Bouchard. Great assist, great goal after one of the most... Well, dare I say, shockingly inept defensive <laughs> plays that you will ever see. Well, but it'll be a footnote because it's a victory. Well, it, it's one you can't hide from because that was uh, quite obvious. Uh, everyone in the rink, whether you know the game of hockey or not, knows that that was a play that he would like to redo. Uh, it was a big goal at the time for the L.A. Kings. Uh, and uh, what we've seen in the past with, with Bouchard is when he has a, a big mistake, and that was a big one. When he has a big mistake, it affects him throughout the rest of the night. And sometimes he doesn't recover from it. Uh, Evan Bouchard recovered from it. And he had a very good third period. And give the Oilers coaching staff credit for keep putting him out there, even though the mistake was made. Uh, he changed the complexion of the game with a bomb from the point in the third period. And that's all the Oilers needed. Well, and really critical, Rob, in, in that second period, once you get to look back, you can kind of see those chunks of the game that really made a difference. And we'll talk about those. But first, let's go down to the Hall of Fame room. Head coach Chris Knobloch. The, the turning point, we're down 2-1, and we don't get a kill there. We're down 2. It makes it really difficult to come back. The Skins made some big saves, and our guys made some big plays on that kill. And then we were able to obviously score a power play goal shortly after that. Evan Bouchard had a tough play on that second L.A. goal there back in the third period to our home of his patented Bouch bombs. What, what does that say about his game to be able to forget a play like that and come back with a, goal, a big goal like that? Yeah, it was, it was the wrong play, but it's a really difficult play. You're standing, um, you don't have momentum to have a, a gap, and they have a, so much speed, and it's, it's a tough one to play. And 
you know, he made a little mistake there, but he made a lot of good plays tonight, and it didn't bother him too much, and it was nice to see. Is that the key you want to see if your guys' mistakes happen? That, but didn't seem to phase him at all, right? And, and he came up huge with the assist and then the goal. The game's about mistakes. There's mistakes all the time, and there's never one played a perfect game as good as somebody is. You could dissect it and say, oh, he should have been doing this or should have did that. They're going to happen. And if we dwell on it, it's only going to make us their game worse. It's going to make the team's game worse. We have to put it behind ourselves. And, you know, obviously if it's happening over and over and there's a problem, we have to address it. But mistakes happen. You have to be able to move on. You didn't give up a lot uh, all game, Coach, but the game really changed on your penalty kill in the, in the second period. The back-to-back kills, 24 seconds on the five-on-three. And just after that, you really seem to take over the game. Um, kind of a unique way to get the momentum on your side. Uh, momentum changes. Um, you know, that was an opportunity for them to maybe put the game away or make it a little more difficult for us to come behind. And um, as for the bench, it just gives us a lot of energy. You've got um, guys making huge plays, skins making uh, big saves. And then you've got, after that penalty kill, you've got um, some pretty good players coming out after that to build some momentum. Just a, maybe a thought on the last minute and a half or so. You, you've got a lead, but you're obviously you're you know, trying to kill it off. And just your decisions with the forwards, who you wanted out there, kind of what the thought process was. Well, Ryan definitely tonight taking the face-offs. He was dynamite um, all night, won a lot of big face-offs. I believe won one on the PK five on three. But our number said that he was our best draw man, so he was going to be doing that. Um, and find five on three, the biggest thing is getting pucks out. That's usually where the mistakes are happening. That's where lead to goals again. So you want the guys who are good with the pucks, good on the walls. And then you also want defensively responsible guys. So there's a balance on, you know, usually that's a role for your penalty killers. But it's also, you got to have some skill to get the pucks and make that next play. Um, This question is from Cam Tate. Uh, He noticed that this morning you had a chat with Leon Dreisaitl just outside the blue line. And if that had any bearing on on his scoring play tonight and what you thought of his night. Well, I'd like to say I took credit for drawing up that play for him, but uh, no, I didn't. I thought Leon played really well tonight. Um, Golden assist and um, a lot of good defensive plays, breaking up plays on the back check. And, yeah, that's more of what we like. Your your team's been searching to play a 60-minute game lately and searching to find that defensive posture. Where the Kings, the way the Kings play, you got to be patient and you got to be responsible. Were they a good opponent for you tonight for what you guys were trying to accomplish? Good teams do that. They're able to play a good structured game, make it tough for you to score goals, never out of position too much. Um, yeah, I think it, it is good for us to have a, a victory against a, a quality opponent. And, you know, especially a team that we're tied with going into the, um, into the night. Yeah, something that you see this is something to build off of after, you know, you've been up and down, up and down. This is the best game you played in some time. Can you, whatever a coach does to make this last, <laughs> figure out what to do? Well, we want to have some, um, build some momentum. I think one of the things we talked about before the game was, you know, we're trying to find, um, you know, we're mixing up the lines quite a bit. And I think that takes away a lot of the players' 
identities and where they are in the lineup. Are they playing in top six? Are they bottom six? And ultimately, we got guys um, trying out for a position higher and um, auditioning for that to say. And, you know, I think it takes away the guys building something together, line some chemistry. And we wanted to go into the game, not change things if we didn't have to. And, you know, fortunately, I thought all four lines played really good, really solid. So it was never even crossed my mind to switch up anything. Thanks, Chris. Okay, thank you. Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch after his team beats the Los Angeles Kings 4-2 at Rogers Place. Rob, well, he talked about what I was leading into, those key sections of the game. So Bouchard makes the gaffe. Kings score with 12-26 left in the second period. Bouchard takes a penalty shortly after that. The Oilers have basically three-quarters of it killed. Vinny goes off. It's a two-man advantage for 24 seconds. The Oilers get through that with a couple big saves by Skinner, kill off the rest of that penalty, uh, and then on their own power play, they score to make it 2-2. So really, I guess you look at that about eight-minute chunk. Uh, the Kings had a chance to stretch the lead, didn't, and then the Oilers eventually tied it up against, by the way, the number one PK in the NHL. Well, it was specialty teams and goaltending tonight, and uh, we saw the Oilers have to kill and a, and a good LA power play unit has a chance to extend a lead and then they get the five on three and this is what's funny is all of a sudden Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes we talked it between periods he comes out on the ice and it's well this is the wrong side for him it's not his strong side uh, you got Derek Ryan that usually takes the right-handed side ones and Leon's their best face-off guy by far and you're thinking, why? Okay, what's going on here? But then you heard Chris Knobloch talk about it. They're tracking it. They're tracking that he was on fire in the, in the face-off circle. And what's he do? He goes out, wins the draw, and they ice it. And more or less kills the five-on-three. And then Stuart Skinner had to make a couple big saves. He made one on Kempe. He made one on Spence. Either one of those go in again. It's, it's a two-goal lead. And then the LA Kings are a very good team with that's front-running. But the Oilers were able to escape that. And then you knew there was going to be a power play coming the other way. And the Oilers' power play, when it's on, which it usually is, is a difference maker. And tonight, their power play, they have a set play off the faceoff. Leon goes to the front of the net, nice little deflection. And all of a sudden, a game that easily could have been 3-1 or 4-1 is now 2-2 going into the third. Yeah, so the Oilers won for 3 on the power play. The Kings were 0-2. for two. That update for Conlon Motorsports will help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. We've clearly seen the Oilers score deflection goals on the power play before. I don't know if we've ever seen that particular setup. If we have, it's it's been a while. I think it has been a while. Uh, we don't usually see Leon up high there. When he goes to the front of the net, it's usually with Connor on the side, and Leon's waiting for a pass in front, sometimes facing his own net. We've seen that quite often. But it just it was a set play. Leon wouldn't go there unless that was a set play. He put himself in a position. He gave a huge target. Well, he's got a big stick to start nice. with, but he gives a huge target and makes it easy for Bouchard to see it, and Bouchard's firing at the stick. And again, we, we talked about it between periods. You don't hold your stick tight on a deflection like that. You keep it loose in your hands. You let the puck do the work, and it did, and it just... Anytime the puck changes direction on a goaltender, it makes it very difficult. A uh, huge goal at the moment. 
as we saw the great the very good penalty killing unit was fantastic for the LA Kings in the third period when the Oilers could have extended yeah. the lead so the Oilers needed that power play they got tied going into the third period and then they got the big shot to start the third so I, I'm wondering what that would do to the Kings PK to see Leon in a different spot because I mean like, if you and I had to PK, I mean, you haven't played in the NHL in 20 years, and I could barely scan on states. But but if we were out there in the PK, we'd be like, well, at least we know <laughs> it's going to be over there. Would, well, if, would, would that, would the LA Kings think, okay, what what's up? Why isn't he no, going to that one-time no, spot? No, it, does, it doesn't really. I mean, the Oilers are so good at moving around. I mean, Connor McDavid's everywhere on the ice right. on there on theirs and, and you'll see sometimes where Leon Drysettle kicks up high for a one-timer off a pass from Hyman what they did though is they overloaded the front because you already got Hyman in front and now you got Leon in front and there's always the the low defenseman the low left-handed defenseman his first thought is always to go out to where Connor is or Leon whoever's there so there's no one really taking Leon away because you don't want to go get tied up you get tied up now Bush is going somewhere else with it and now you're in trouble uh, obviously, a deflection has to be uh, a good deflection. Still needs a little puck luck because mm-hmm. it could go anywhere. Uh, and, and they got the luck that they needed. But it was a, it was just a nice play that was set up before the faceoff. And the biggest thing too, uh, Deneau won the faceoff. The LA Kings won that draw, but the Oilers won the race to the puck, created the turnover, and allowed the Edmonton Oilers to get the the power play shot and a, a big power play goal. So the Oilers win it 4-2 tonight over the Los Angeles Kings. And, Rob, just a much... I mean, we talked about that part of the second period where, where sure, it got a little tense, but I thought it was a close game. I thought it was a pretty well-played yep. game uh, overall, but we saw just a, a performance more near the Oilers' standards as opposed to what we saw the last three games and even some other games since the All-Star break. Uh, I agree. Uh, there's still things they need to clean up. There was, they gave up uh, probably more shots than they wanted. Skinner had to make a couple of big saves, but there weren't, there weren't all the odd man breaks against, and there weren't all the five-alarm shots that we've seen here on this homestand. So I thought the Oilers were much better playing a patient game. Um... Their penalty killing unit did what they needed to do. They got goaltending uh, when they needed it. Uh, their star players were good. So this this is kind of the template of what made the Oilers successful during their 16-game winning streak. Uh, and they got away from that. Tonight they got back to it. I know that Ryan Nugent Hopkins talked about it after the game, saying that you have to play that way against L.A. Yeah. So this was the right team to play. Um, but it was a good game and a, a nice two points for the Oilers. And it was a... The LA Kings would be a little disappointed with the loss, but we're talking off air and upstairs. A huge loss for the LA Kings, losing one of their star players, Adrian Kempe. He, when the goalie was pulled, he, I don't know if he got tripped by Cody Cece, but he went down hard and went right off the ice, right down the tunnel. That's a, a huge loss for the LA Kings. We're still battling as much as they were tied for third. They're still battling for a playoff spot. They're only a couple points up. And if they lose their star player for any period of time, that could have huge implications as he did not look right as he left the game. Oilers win 4-2. Connor McDavid, two assists. So he's up to 20 assists in his last eight games. Now 10 games without a goal. I set the line at .5 for McDavid goals tonight for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it. Josh took the under. He gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Okay, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's the first star tonight, defenseman Evan Bouchard. 
long season there. Uh, Bush bomb again. Uh, you're also a great passer there. What did you see on that play that made you decide to, to shoot it? Um, I mean, they're kind of taking the flanks away. Um, and the pass to Leo, I guess, was open in the slot, and yeah, he had a great tip. Do you pay attention to the, the amount of goals you have on the season? You're now tied for first in the NHL with Mackenzie Weaker for the lead for defenseman. Uh, no, not really. You kind of just go out and play. You don't really care too much about the stats. Evan, Matthias was talking about how um, you're not too hard on yourself that you've, you know, he doesn't want you to. If you make a bad play, like on that read, that you shake it off. Um, how, how do you go into it now, and what did you see on that read, and I guess how did you, how did you shake it off after? Obviously, I thought I can close on him, right? Obviously, <laughs> it didn't happen, but... Uh, yeah, no, and you know, I thought we had back pressure, but like you said, you got to shake it off, and it was a lot more time to play. I managed late in the game to make a huge difference. Was there a time, Evan, where maybe you wouldn't have been able to shake that off quite as easy? Where it might have bothered you a little bit? Uh, a little bit, yeah. There's confidence that plays a, a part in it, but um, you know, I think the way that I play, you kind of have to uh, pick and choose your spots a little better. That one, obviously, a tough read, but we got it back, and... Yeah, we got the two points. You guys is, are always looking at new plays in the power play. We haven't really seen that high tip very often. Is that something you guys have been talking about? Did you see it against their PK, or did just something that you've, you've it was just there, Matt? Like, yeah. yeah, it was kind of something that was just there. Um, like I said, they took the flanks away, left the middle open. Leo made a great tip. So this whole season is kind of predicated on getting you guys ready for the playoffs, and it was a little wonky for the last four or five games, but this was a playoff game, and you guys were you know, answered the bell and kind of delivered the kind of hockey you want to play later on. Is that kind of uplifting? Uh, yeah, I think we got to have uh, a little better start to us, but um, against those guys, you got to be patient. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a team that uh, we've seen uh, a lot of the past few seasons. Um, the divisional games are always big, so that was a good one for us. What do you think about Stuart? Can you talk about Stuart Skinner's game tonight and just the importance that he wanted a bounce-back game and he got one? Yeah, he was incredible for us. He has been for a long time. Um, when he plays like that, it's uh, you know, hard to score on him, and uh, you know, it gives us that much more confidence. And when you're, the, the wave happened for about, I don't know, two and a half consecutive minutes there for a while. I don't really see that very often. Do players notice that in the middle of the game, where the, the crowd's just continually doing a wave that long? Uh, yeah, you kind of wonder what's going on, whether it's something <laughs> on the Jumbotron or what's going on. But Edmonton fans, they're great. Uh, you know, they pick us up, lift us up, and uh, it was uh, cool to see. You know, I appreciate that because Evan Bouchard could have given the I don't know what's happening outside the boards. I'm totally focused. I, I don't even know. Uh, I didn't even know there were fans at the game. But no, he said, yeah, something's going on. What's what's going on? Well, players know what's going on <laughs> at all times. And, well, it's funny. I, I love when players, if a player scores a goal, there's a big play. They Right away, they're watching on the jumbotron. Yeah. The players want to know what's <laughs> going on. You're sitting on the bench. You're checking out what's going on in the stands. You'll see if there's a fight going on. There's a lot of there's a lot of spare time during timeouts for the players to check out the their surroundings. So Evan Bouchard, the first star tonight, Dreisaitl, the second star, Skinner, great performance in net, the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. We can pick different guys tonight, too. Uh, I thought RNH. RNH won a huge draw, five on three, and then scores a huge goal. The Oilers have two chances on their power play. Back-to-back -back power plays in the third period. They don't score on either. Gives the LA Kings some life, only down a goal. And then a big play, he and Connor Brown 
do a little flip-flop across the blue line. He goes to the net, loses his check, puts the puck in the net. So to me, RNH was the four-star. And for his part in that play, I'll give it to Connor Brown, who's obviously had a tough season. That was a nice play. Oh. Boy, fans want him to get that empty net. Oh, there net, was right? some excitement. He like, got the puck on his stick with the empty net late. Did he really have a great look at the empty net? Oh, no, he didn't. No, but, but, but Oil Country as, wants him to get one. As soon as well, he quite cut, frankly, you and I want him to get yes. one at this point. As soon as he got close to that puck, everyone in the whole place is standing. That might have been, if he does score in an empty net, it would be the first time in the history of the National Hockey League that there's a standing ovation it'd be for huge. someone getting an empty yeah, net goal. It'd be huge. Well, I think Gretzky's 50th and 39th was injured. Okay, but that I, would be the second time. I know what this, you're saying. You're right, that for was a big, that a, was a big a empty first net goal. goal. Correct. Well, that play, well, the play where McLeod iced it, I thought they might, because remember McLeod flipped yep. it down? Uh, I don't know if that was for Brown to chase and he put too much on it or just a misread. I don't know. I don't know. It, well, it was a poor or if he play. The shot. Yeah. It was a poor play. I, I yeah. I think he was trying to. He's like, should I shoot it? Should I pass it? And then he did neither and iced the puck. And I mean, unfortunately for the others with a two goal lead, it wasn't as dangerous a, a play by McLeod. But I, I do like the fact that Brown was out there for the empty net to give him an opportunity to hopefully find a way to get into the score sheet. 4-2, the Oilers win it. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village goal light on 630Ched.com. allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the senses. Visit jvedmonton.ca. You're going to hear from Matthias Ekholm, and of course, we're happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is our hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed Pro all the way. It is Edmonton 4, Los Angeles 2. We're in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. On the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Chad. Out through the middle as Fiala comes into the Oilers zone on the left wing. He'll throw it right across to Kempe. He's going to walk in. He'll shoot. Save by Skinner. The rebound. He stopped that too. Kempe centers it. Kopitard shot off of Skinner. And the puck goes to the corner. Yeah, really strong game by Skinner tonight. He stops 38 out of 40. That sequence is saves of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. Oilers outshot 40-31 by Los Angeles, but they get the 4-2 victory. So the Oilers 34-20-2 on the season. The Kings drop to 29-18-10. Uh, they'd won seven of their last nine coming in. So now seven of the last ten. Oilers 5-5-1 five, five, since the All-Star break and since their 16-game winning streak ended. It was a good game tonight. It was a good game. It was. I thought both teams played well. Uh, the Oilers' special teams was a little bit better and the, goal t- the Oilers' goaltender was a little bit better. So I think this was a big game for Skinner. You know, it, it has not been a nice stretch for him since the All-Star break. Uh, in an important game today, he came up and made a couple big saves at big moments. 
And I think that's a confidence builder for Stuart Skinner and a confidence builder for the Oilers coaching staff. Know that Skinner's trending in the right direction again. All right, let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Marco. Marco, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Not a problem, guys. Hope you're doing well. Just a quick question in regards to the start of the game. I was fortunate to be at the game tonight, and I saw that L.A. was just breaking the puck out when they were coming out of the zone. They were just snapping it around. Was that just giving them kind of credit tonight on their uh, on their quick puck movement leaving the zone, or was that kind of the Oilers lacking on the forecheck to start the game? Um, it was funny. They, they, there were a few passes. They were absolutely snapped. I'm like, holy smokes. Those are the ones you don't want to throw it too hard. Bounces off a guy's stick, and it's a turnover. Uh, the LA Kings are a good hockey club. And uh, I think the Oilers played a much better defensive style tonight. Didn't uh, allow L.A. a lot of free space. And sometimes you let them get out of their zone, but then you try to attack in the neutral zone. The Calgary Flames did that against the Oilers the other night to perfection. Uh, but, yeah, the L.A. Kings, I thought they played well. Uh, they, they just weren't able to capitalize on their power plays, and it cost them. Yeah, good team. Uh, I mean, they, they play it tight. They don't give up a lot they'll pounce on an error yep no they're, they're good solid team um it'll be interesting going down the stretch if if, if Kempe's out they will have to make a move the one thing though that oh my goodness uh, i know that they made the big trade for pierre-luc dubois and he it has not been good thus far uh, he's minus 16 on on the season uh, tonight he does not look like the same player that i saw in winnipeg the the first goal the one at the end of the period it was a uh, a poor decision with the puck that created a, a goal for, for Hyman. And then there was a play in the third period. Uh, it was a two-on-two, two, and the defenseman was pointing, I've got the guy on the boards. And Dubois just skated right through his defenseman's arm, took the guy on the boards, and McLeod got a breakaway. And I'm like, okay, this is a veteran of, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred games, whatever Dubois got. And it was just a terrible decision. There are bad contracts in the NHL, but right now, Pierre-Luc Dubois is playing into one of the worst, as he has not been anywhere near as good as they expected. And they gave up not only the big money to him, they give up three very good players that have helped Winnipeg have one of the best records in the NHL. 4-2, the Oilers win it tonight. Every time the Oilers score a goal, James H. Brown, injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com, fills the net with 100 bucks for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. The total for the season, $19,900. Okay, let's have uh, Ed from BC on the line. Ed, go ahead, please. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Quite well. Right on. So I just want to touch on a couple of things. Um... First off, I'm guessing that Kempe, it's going to be a wrist injury. Uh, looked like he went into Darnie's uh, bucket there pretty hard. Um, and besides that, uh, Warren Fogle, um, he had a hell of a game tonight, and he's honestly been having a hell of a season. Um, so I just kind of want to get your guys' opinions on uh, some of the trade rumors I'm hearing. Um, the, the names coming out of Edmonton, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, guys like CC and uh, and Warren Fogle, I just uh, I'm wondering how anyone in their right mind can think we uh, we can let these guys go and, and what possibly we might get back in return for the, those sort of guys. Well, I mean, good points. Uh, Warren Fogle's had a very good year here for the Oilers and uh, he jump-started the Oilers at one point with when he got moved up and played with Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, I, he's had a good year. CeCe, I, I mean, Reed and I, we take a lot of phone calls on Cody CeCe, and uh, we feel that 
he's played well. He's done his job. He does exactly what they expect him to do. The problem for the Oilers at the trade deadline is uh, if, if they go after some big money players, they have to get rid of money on their in their in their lineup and uh, the two names that cover well I guess three Kulak would be the third Kulak, CC and Fogler are the three names you hear the most of players that would be going out if you have to get rid of money in your lineup but to do that you're make you're creating more holes so it must be a pretty big upgrade if you're going to trade those guys out of your lineup because they fill holes and fill them very well for the for the last couple of years for the Oilers. Yeah, you almost wonder if, uh, and those are the names that that come up just because of of the money. Yep. And and you're not giving up one of your top well, top guys, but you you don't you, if you're going to trade one of the guys, you'd almost would have to get two players, a couple of players back, or yep. or even three, and you give up a pick and. The, there still might have to be some money retention by the other team. Well, there, there are three players that uh, would be wanted by other teams. So it's if they got they make money in players they wanted, yeah. and you're not touching the core for the Oilers. But yeah, if if Warren Fogle's traded straight up for a guy to play in the second line, well now you got a hole in your third line. If Cody Ceci's traded straight up for a defenseman to play. I mean, it's got to be a pretty or a big forward. or a forward. Well, now you you need another defense. So, right. Uh, I, I do believe that Ken Holland understands what this team needs. Um, there are some holes, and he, there's going to have to be some uh, creativity when it comes to what the Oilers do at the trade deadline because they don't have a lot of cap space and. That's why he gets the big money, and you and I just get to sit and analyze it after it's done. Speaking of trade deadline acquisitions, here's the one from last year after a 4-2 Oilers win over the Kings. It's Matias Ekholm. As much as you guys needed a win, was it important to win it the way you did? You're getting back to that stuff that was working for you during this I think so. I think this is more the recipe that we're looking for. Um, I thought the third was outstanding from our group. I thought we were patient. I thought we... Uh, Played really poised when we had to. I thought we played good defense. I thought we, uh, obviously it's nice to get that goal early, um, kind of get them out of their uh, structure a little bit and knowing that they got to go a little bit. But I thought we handled it really well, and I thought as a 60-minute game, and we haven't had maybe too many of them as of late. This was uh, as close as we have gotten in the last, I don't know, 10 games or so. Evan Bouchard, you know, just just a huge goal there. There was also a pretty big error earlier on in the game too. You, you know him well. You know, how hard is he on himself when those things happen, but how clutch was that for him to turn it back the other way? I, I, I honestly don't think he is hard on himself, and I don't think he should be either because he does all these plays, and he, he more often than not, he is uh, uh, on the scale of giving us the good stuff. There's going to be hiccups, and there's going to be some reads where it doesn't pan out, but um, I think he's been really good at weighing those situations and, and obviously when they happen just put them in, in your backpack try to learn from them but um, don't make them affect the way you play because if they do and, and I've played with some high-end offensive defensemen and I know if you start getting down on yourself you're going to take yourself out of the game and, and he didn't he came back and um, he got us that big goal so I mean that, I think he's been he's had an awesome year and he's, he's a great player you have a pretty good shot yourself but Bouchard's now up to 15 goals and he scores a lot of them from the blue line there's not many guys who consistently score from the blue line. We'll talk about a shot, maybe one impresses you the most about it. I think the accuracy is the thing that stands out. Obviously, he can he can really um, get velocity on him, and, and obviously he shoots it really hard. But I do think, I mean, you look at the goal tonight, like it's the 
top corner that are picked, right? Like that's where he puts them in, and I think that's really what stands out. It seems effortless, but um, every time he gets an opportunity, he goes for the top corner and he usually hits them. So I think the accuracy is the thing that stands out for me. Matthias, you're a team that was looking to play 60 minutes. The team's looking to maybe play a little simpler. Uh, were the LA Kings the perfect opponent? Because you have to play that certain way to beat them the way they play the game. Yeah, no, 100%. I think the, the game that they present is for us to be patient. Um, I think we, uh, as soon as you get... Um I guess out of your out on your own and, and trying to dangle through it's it's hard to get through that neutral zone and they usually break it up and come the other way. So um, for us to stick to our game plan, I thought we did a really good job tonight doing that. And, and obviously we also limited chances against because uh, I mean they know how we play, we know we know how they play at this point. I mean we've we've played them a ton. So um, for that reason, I think it was it was a great uh, timing to to have them come into our building. Tia's Connor hasn't scored in a while, but he's put up points almost every night. Another you know. Yeah last uh, 10 games or so. What, uh, what have you seen from him, even though he hasn't scored? He's got 23 assists in this game. I mean, I, I, I saw that today, and I was like, I, I thought he had scored for sure. I mean, I think he's just that impactful anyways. It doesn't really matter whether he gets the goal or the assist. He's usually the one that sets it up or usually the one that... Um, does it for us so uh, to me to see that he hasn't scored in a while was kind of shocking because I think he's doing great I think he's, he's obviously our leader in here and, and he shows it every night he leads by example just um, you've been even more impressed with his defensive detail this year so I, I think he's playing a great game and I mean we just want to keep have him keep going scoring goals or not he's playing great all right that is Matias Echo he had a couple chances himself tonight he did as well fired a couple well we haven't seen him with as much time and space as we saw last year where he would walk in with that big slap shot from his normal side go far side top shelf team saw that they're not they're taking that away from him but he did have some good opportunities i thought he played a a, a very good game tonight as did most of the actually as did all of the others tonight Ekholm, the oilers ice time leader tonight played 23:05, had a shot on goal five other attempts that were blocked or went wide and uh, credited with three hits as well. Solid game for Ekholm as the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 4-2. Also tonight on the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Islanders over the Stars 3-2 in overtime. It was the Kraken beating... Oh, I was just checking out. Pasternak only had two. The, the last one they said they, it got tipped. Coil change. Uh, yeah, anyway, Kraken uh, beat Boston 4-3 in a shootout. We saw earlier that Pasternak, I was going to say they beat Pasternak, but they beat the Berks. So Seattle beats Boston 4-3, and the Capitals take down the Senators 6-3. All right, uh, you're going to hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins as well. 4-2 win for the Oilers tonight at Rogers Place. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Kicked it to the middle of Nugent Hopkins. He'll come in over the King line. He'll give it to Brown. Out to Nugent Hopkins. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins makes it 4-2 for Edmonton. Yeah, that was the dagger tonight. Nugent Hopkins scoring his 16th from Brown and Yanmark with 3.29 left in the third. The Oilers do indeed beat the Kings 4-2. Here's Nugent Hopkins. It seemed like uh, I had to maybe stay a little patient to have that one come around for you. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's usually uh, the way it goes against this team. Um, it's probably good timing, just the way our game was kind of trending lately. Um, to have a game where you have to play simple, you have to stay in it the whole 60, and I thought we did a great job of that. First period, really important, Ryan. You didn't give up a lot after giving up more than you'd like the last few games. Yeah, I mean, uh, they got one. It's going to happen. Um, uh, other teams are going to score. It's just uh, how we respond. And uh, obviously, a huge one by Himes there to, to finish off the first period. And we just kind of kept going, and uh, we didn't we didn't have any lull. And then obviously, a huge five on three uh, kill, two massive saves by Skinzy to, to kind of uh, probably. I mean, it could be a game saver. I mean, you never know. That really seemed to change the momentum, though, because you, you kill both off, the crowd gets into it, and right after that, you guys kind of control the rest of the period. Yeah, it definitely gives us some life, too. Uh, five on threes, are, uh, they're, they're tough to kill off. Uh, you, you need some big saves, you need some big plays, and um, and then you gotta you got to make sure that you're, you're coming back at them after that, and I thought we did a great job of that. How about that feed from Connor there on the give and go? It was pretty... It was great. I mean, I uh, just tried to uh, drop it to him, and uh, he, he saw me open, and uh, he, he's, he's really patient with the puck and uh, can make some great plays. So uh, kind of just, uh, I think he just hit my skate and went in. He just directed it in. Ryan, what's it like when they're so passive, L.A.? Hardly forecheck at all. They just clog up. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've played them enough. We, we know uh, uh, the way that they play, and uh, we obviously have a plan for that. And it's it's a patient game. Um, <clears throat> you have to be able to stick in it uh, the whole 60 uh, and not get frustrated. Um, and I thought we did, did a great job of that tonight. At the state that your team is in, trying to play 60 minutes, trying to solidify a defensive game, play a little more consistency, was that a good opponent tonight? Was that an opponent that's going to make you do all those things? Yeah, I definitely think it was. Uh, it was a good time for a game like this. Just to, to like you said, just to simplify our game. Uh, you, you have to play a, a full sixty. You really can't turn the puck over, or else they'll make you pay. And uh, so, I mean, just kind of the way that we were trending a little bit. Uh, we wanted to simplify our game a lot. Uh, we talk about it all the time in here, and uh, I thought tonight uh, we had to do it, and uh, we did a good job of it. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins after the Oilers end their three-game winless slide with a 4-2 victory over the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks to Brendan Escott for getting the post-game audio and working on the story on 630chet.com, globalnews.ca. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers Wednesday, the end of the five-game homestand for the Oilers. They're home to St. Louis. Five o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 6.30, a 6.30 game on the Wednesday night. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 6.30. Jed, we've been live in Studio 99. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers beat the Kings 4-2. Have a good night.